Who wants to live forever? The wise philosopher Freddie Mercury once asked. Or at least talk to your kids, kind of, from beyond the grave. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Uh, gentlemen, I came across a story today in Popular Mechanics about uh, story files, and this is one of those so-called AI technologies. Uh, Popular Mechanics build it as immortality, but it's not that. Uh, what this particular so-called AI does is it asks you a series of questions and uh, generates a, a, an artificial you that is able to respond to questions after your death. Uh, so that that families might have a chance to sort of reacquaint themselves with you, and, and the way the uh, the founder of this thing, Stephen Smith, describes it, he says that uh, uh, you might think your first date with grandma in 1962 is of no interest to anybody whatsoever, but I can tell you, to your great grandchild, it's very interesting. Uh, Scott, do you think Mr. Smith here is kind of overselling our our grandchildren's and great grandchildren's willingness to sit down and ask us questions and listen to our stories? <laughs> You know, this is interesting because I actually did this a number of years ago with my grandfather, uh, and this was back when, like, videotape was videotape. And um, mm -hmm. so I set up a camera on a tripod, and I got um, basically the next generation below me, my kids and my brother's kids, and they all sat on the floor, and most of them were pretty young, and, and, and uh, Pop sat on this chair next to this light, and I just pointed the camera at him and then let the kids ask questions of him. And, and actually, they really enjoyed that. Now, I don't know if a single one of them is even aware that I took that video and posted it to YouTube. Um, and you can now see the whole the whole thing there on YouTube uh, of his responses. But most of their questions were things like, well, what was it like growing up during the Great Depression? And what was it like when you were a little kid living on a farm? And what was it like, uh, you know, being in World War II? And... Um, and they seem really fascinated by that. Now, are people going to later want to review this thing? Or frankly, it's not even a real, like it's not actual recording of my grandfather saying these things. It's kind of a composite thing that's stitched together by so-called artificial intelligence. Um, I, I don't know. It sometimes horrifies me to think that my offspring and their offspring will be able in perpetuity to see every you know, ill-considered remark I made online. <laughs> the, I don't want to think about that. No, no, don't For eternity, inclu including this show right here. And let me just say, hi, kids. Hi, grandbabies that I haven't seen yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether what the market for it, I think, is probably in people like me who think that we're going to be able to pass down some sort of a legacy to our kids, our, our accumulated wisdom, or or in some way connect with them through times in their lives that we won't get to witness firsthand. Yeah, uh, Bill, one of the applications for this is actually really interesting. I, I hadn't read about this. And this is an after-death thing, because what this AI does, you know, generate new responses to all of these questions that you've answered. But um, uh, the uh, the Walton family, as in Walmart, uh, they requested a story file of oh. uh, founder Sam Walton, who died in 92. So what they did is they pulled uh, speeches and journals from the family archives, uh, plugged it into the AI, then used an actor reciting the generated lines based on uh, uh, fr from the AI, and then used deepfake technology 
to create a, a 3D filmed version. And so what the result is a life-size video hologram that's so realistic, it has been moved to the Walmart Museum. Um, wow. I, I, yeah. Uh, as this technology progresses and gets cheaper, do you, do you see an application for, I don't know, everyday people like you and me for this? Well, at first I thought, oh, you know, as another a magical attribute um, being assigned to AI. But then I realized, no, actually, this is the kind of thing that AI could actually do pretty well. Um, the entire idea of a deep fake is, is that a, uh, a computer looks at so many different images of an individual, Tom Cruise, let's say, that when you give it a person like me speaking, the computer can either find an image or interpolate an image of Tom Cruise with the exact same facial expression that I have on that particular frame, Basically, color correct all these things, animate them out, and therefore it's no—it's me talking, but it's Tom Cruise's face. The same kind of thing would apply for, um, for at least simple answers. You know, if the if the if the AI knew enough about you uh, and your political philosophy, it it should be able to copying your voice and your and your pictures pretty straightforward. I mean, this is desktop level stuff yeah. that people do on YouTube for fun. So that part's not terribly groundbreaking. The tough part would be if, if the idea was to have it answer as if it were you, the AI would have to have enough information about your value system uh, to do it. It could pick up your speech patterns from listening to enough of them. It could pick up your face from so on. But I suspect that if, if you fed enough of what you wrote or said into a, an AI, you could get a, a reasonably good uh, take on this. So... I think you would probably be looking at maybe, I don't know, just off the top of my head, I want to say maybe 80% fidelity, maybe some, somewhere around there, 80 to 90%, which is pretty good, you know. My, um, I never met my uh, paternal grandfather, um, but uh, he had wanted to be a writer his whole life, and he couldn't be. He had a family to feed, so he was on the bleeding edge of high tech in 1905 and or actually 1915 I guess and he was hanging telephone lines in Pennsylvania and my grandmother was a switchboard operator so he didn't get to be a writer but I did because of his uh, sacrifices and my dad's as well so yes it would be very nice to be able to sit and and talk to a, uh, a facsimile of, of my grandfather or somebody like that so I, well, at first, when you first talked about it, I had some kind of scorn for the idea, but the yeah. more I think about it, the better I like it. However, however, when you very, the very first sentence, I knew this was not likely to be possible, but it's still, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a Twilight Zone episode called A Certain Kind of Telephone, but I've thought about this quite a bit. How... How wonderful would it be if you could make a 10-minute phone call to the people you've lost once a year? Hmm. I wouldn't need more than that, would you? I wouldn't need would more than that. It would be a great 10 minutes. If I, had, if I had 10 minutes once a year with my dad or my mom, if I had 10 minutes with my, with my lost pets in the house, uh, just 10 minutes— and and I and I think about that, and I think about how unbelievably soothing that would be, and I realize it's not so much that I would, it's not so much the information I would get in the ten minutes, just so much as the assurance of knowing, you know, that they were there and watching and stuff. There are a lot of things I've done since my dad died, and a few things since my mom died, and, and certainly a few things since she 
lost her ability to really be able to, you know, appreciate what I was doing. And I would like to update them on that. Hmm. And even if they didn't have any updates for me, I would like to, I would just, that, what, what kind of price could you put on a, on a five minute telephone call like that? Uh, and obviously this is not going to be that, but I also have to say that I am astonished on a daily basis at the at the rapidity of what these AI systems are able to do. And we, we may be in a time now where I don't think anybody should pretend that this is the consciousness of the person in this no. box. No. But, but we certainly seem to be able to achieve a level where you would be able to talk to lost relatives with a degree of fidelity that would, would make it an extremely emotional experience. And, and if, that, if that AI is essentially taking your voice, your likeness, but most importantly, the way you thought about the world, then on some level, you could make the case that you are communicating with, with somebody that is uh, no longer with us, that you're at least interacting with, with the essence of who they are. You're not going to get the nuances, but, you know, it, it's it's a it's kind of a fascinating idea. It is. Um, in fact, uh, there was. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Yeah, it's right here again. This is from the the popular mechanics story. And actually, I really like this bit. Uh, Smith, the the company founder, the guy who developed this technology, uh, asked William Shatner more than six hundred questions for for Shatner's story file. Um, part of which apparently it's on the company's website. I haven't dug that up yet. I'll probably do that once we're done taping these shows today. Uh, when Smith asked Shatner why he was participating, the actor said that he was doing it for Clive. And Shatner said, Clive is my three-month-old great-grandson. I'm 90. He's three months old. We're not going to have this conversation in my life. And I thought, hmm. you know what? I, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm coming along on this. Maybe I'm getting sold on this technology. Um, and the idea, well, okay, as the father of two 17-year-old boys, uh, them actually listening to my stories right now is about impossible. Maybe they will do it with my AI after I'm gone. That would be nice. And for grandkids, great-grandkids down the line, too. That said, what I'm, what I'm really waiting for is that thing Bill hinted at, that, that day when you can, can upload yourself to, to, a, to a network and, and live forever in a, in, a, in a server somewhere, because I think maybe given enough time and a and a, and a and a computerized brain that could could read and digest information at computer speeds that i might finally be able to read all the books on my kindle that's the hope so <laughs> yeah. fingers crossed everybody all right that's your right angle on that brought to you by the members of billwhittle.com for bill and scott i'm steve green thanks so much for watching we'll see you next time